You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. This morning we're in a series and it is called Redefine. And what we've been talking about is we've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus' redefining of the faith because what he does is he wants us to become people who live the way of Jesus, who live his way, not just talk about his way. I, I think it's easy to be in church for a long period of time and know what to say and know how to talk about the faith, uh, but there's a difference in talking about it and living the faith. And, and so over time, what needs to happen is God needs to transform our hearts, not just our knowledge base. Uh, so that's what we've been talking about, and today we're going to continue that s- part of the series as we talk about the greatest sermon that's ever been preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that everybody is familiar with. So if you've been here for one day, he's like, Jesse, this is my first time ever walking into church. This is it, right? Um, you're going to have experience with what we're talking about today. You say, really? It's my first time in church? And if you've been here for 40 years, um, you're going to have experience with what we're talking about today. So every single one of us is going to know a little bit about what we're talking about, a lot of bit about what we're talking about. And it's because the subject that Jesus is teaching on today from Scripture um, is one that he knew you needed to know about. He's, he knew it was one you needed to learn, uh, to apply to your life. And so what he's going to be talking about is something super important. You're saying, Jesse, tell me already, right? What is this? What are we talking about today? And what we're talking about today is worry. And every single one of us worry. Every single one of us, this is a thing. And to some degrees, it's different, right? Some have a huge problem with worry, and some, you know, it's something that they don't really worry about as much. But we all have a point of reference when it comes to worry. And it's one of those things that starts really young, And it's not anything that somebody had to teach you, right? Nobody in here had a worry class. Somebody taught you how to worry. I don't think so. It's just one of those things that, man, from the very early age, you just picked up. And you picked it up naturally because it's part of our human nature, our sin nature, uh, to worry. And for me, I I realize this more so being a dad uh, because I've got two little ones and I've seen early on in their lives, worry began to permeate them in different ways. And I think one of the biggest ways that I saw it, it was years ago, it was one of the first times I really noticed my daughter Ellie worrying. Uh, she was about three or four years old at the time. And so I was up here at the church, and it was one of those bad weather Illinois days where you have no idea what you're going to get. Is it going to snow? Is it going to rain? And what we got that day was a whole lot of rain in a very short amount of time. And as I'm up here at the church, somebody knocks on my office door and says, "Uh, we've got a bit of a problem. There's a puddle in the worship center. So I come down here, and sure enough, right here in this green room and right here in this front area, there's a big puddle. And that puddle is growing, and it seems like it's going to begin to affect some of the equipment that's in there that we really need to be able to play some music in here for you guys. So... Uh, I was getting a little worrisome. So some of us, right, we, uh, some great volunteers and, and I, we, uh, we got some shop vacs and we just began to do all that we could to get all this water out of here. So buckets and buckets are going out that front door and out this side door. And, and we're just working this thing, trying to make this happen. In the midst of that, right, when it seems like, okay, we've got this problem under control, I get a call from home and it's the same exact scenario. Jesse, we've got a bit of a problem here at home. 
there's a puddle. And this fortunately was in our garage, but still, it was, it's in our garage, and slowly it's moving towards our laundry room. And that's a no-no. So, man, we're, I'm like, oh. So I rush out of here. I run home, and um, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, right? I'm getting all the water that I can out of the garage so it doesn't get into our laundry room. And it's quite the mess, and, you know, I've, there's water everywhere and water all over me. And, um, and so in the midst of this, I, I look up. And standing at the garage door, right, inside, uh, there's a screen door, is my daughter Ellie. And like I said, Ellie's three or four years old at this time. And as I look over at her, she's got the most concerned look on her face. Ellie, what's going on here? Are you okay? Uh, I'm here, you know, dumping water out and all this stuff. And she says, Dad, is our house going to flood? You know, with that little puckered lip and everything. Is our house going to flood? And I heard, oh, Ellie, we're going to be just fine. I almost got all the water out of the garage. You don't have to worry. Everything's going to be okay. And, of course, because Dad said everything's going to be okay, she was fine, and she went off and played, and everything was good, right? Not what happened. Because what happened right after I said those words is she went into her room, and she found her favorite toys, and she found somewhere higher to put them (laughs) so that they wouldn't get wet if the house flooded. And so dad's words went in one year and out the other that day, and it showed me from a very early age how quickly we begin to worry, how easy it is for us to hear the words of our father and to let them go in one year and out the other. And when it comes to us, we have the very same problem. We've got a God who, as we've just sang, has always been faithful to us, who's always been good to us who tells us that things are going to be okay and that he's going to take care of us, but we go in one year and out the other, and we begin to worry. So Jesus knows this about our DNA. He knows this about who we are. So in today's text, he begins to teach us a little bit about that. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 32 this morning as we get into God's word. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 32. It'll be up here on the screens for us if you'd like to follow along there. But it says this, it says, Therefore I tell you, this is Jesus talking, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Just, Just imagine, right? Father God in heaven telling you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So let's continue here. He says, and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans are after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So let's stop right here as we've just read this passage and Jesus has told us again and again, don't worry. 
Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear. Don't worry about these basic needs. Don't worry about them. And what comes out so clearly in this text is how much he values you. How much he values you. It says again and again, aren't you so important to me? You're so important to me. Let that put a smile on your face that the creator of the universe looks down upon you and he loves you. Not only does he love you, but he wants to take care of you. He wants to meet your needs. You're important to him. You matter to him. And man, that is so plain here this, in this love letter to us to say, I care about you so much. I want to meet your needs. You don't have to worry about these things. I want to take care of you. But we read this and it's hard for us to trust still. It's hard for us to surrender. It's hard for us to do that. And as I was thinking about this text, I think we feel like God is just telling us, hey, don't stress about it. It's going to be all right. You might not, you know, you, you might not have any food or clothes or anything, but don't worry about it. You're going to be all right. And, and, and the, the way that I thought about it was this. I've got this friend uh, named Andrew, and, and, you know, many of us on the staff on Tuesdays, it's our staff meeting over at the Morton campus, and you know, we go out to eat afterwards. And one of the places that we like to go, Andrew and I, is we like to go have some sushi. And so he, um, at times, how many of you have a friend like this, will on the way say, oh, I forgot my wallet. Anybody? Anybody that friend? Anybody pointing at somebody right now in the audience saying, that's them? Well, this is Andrew at times, okay? And I'll be honest, I've done the same thing. We've been there. I've done that. And, um, and so Andrew shows up. And, well, on the way, usually what will happen is, hey, don't worry, man. I got you. I'll take care of you. And that's what I tell him. And then we get there, and I want you to imagine that that, that conversation took place. And Andrew eats his four rolls, super expensive guy. <laughs> Fine, yeah, better pay me back this $100 meal. And, uh, and he eats his meal, and the ticket comes out. And, uh, and they hand it to Andrew, and Andrew says, oh, oh, go ahead and put it on his, he said he's going to take care of me. I said, whoa, whoa, hey, slow down there. I'm not going to pay for your meal. I didn't say, I just said, don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> I just I didn't want you to stress, dude, come on. I'm not going to pay your $100 ticket here. I just didn't want you to stress. That would be awful of me, right? Andrew's sitting there beginning to wash dishes with an evil eye looking towards me, you know? planning what he's going to do next, that would be awful. And friends, this text would be awful if that's what God was doing to us. If he was just saying, hey, don't worry. I'm not planning on providing for you. I'm not planning on meeting your needs. I'm just saying, don't worry, don't stress. And I want you to see that that's not what is happening. That God is saying more than that, that he's saying, I love you so much that I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. And it doesn't mean that we get to go and just do whatever we want, sit on the couch all day and just not work, and God's going to just deliver some food on our doorstep. No, there's some responsibilities that we have. There's some hard work involved. There's some things that he's asking us to do, and he's going to partner with us in meeting those needs. And I, wanna, I want you to understand that. But at the same time, he wants to take care of those basic needs of yours. He doesn't want you to have to worry. He wants you to know that he's got your back. But what begins to happen, I've realized with this idea of worry and where it comes from, if we could just begin to look at the root of this, where, where does worry come from? And, and where I've noticed in my life that worry comes from the most 
is this idea called self-sufficiency. And it means that you and I feel like we have to have control, that we have to be the ones to provide for ourselves, that we have to be the ones to fix everything, that we have to be the ones to do it. And when our problems in our world get so complicated that we can no longer do that, guess what sets in? Worry. And our world is complicated. And our future is unknown at times to us. And there's a lot of things that can get in our head that can make us worry if we are completely relying just on ourselves. This world is bigger than us. The problems in this world are bigger than us. And I learned this at the beginning of the pandemic. Because at the beginning of the pandemic, whenever all of this started, for me, I was weighing upwards of about 400 pounds at the time. And you're hearing all these things, and there's so many unknowns, and there's so many things that you're hearing. And I thought, man, if I get this thing, I'm dead. I'm dying. There wasn't no, hey, let's see what happens if I get it. Hopefully I survive. No, I'm dead. I'd already labeled it in my mind that I am dead if this happens. I've got two kids. I'm thinking, man, how are they going to be provided for? And instantly, right, I'm playing out these scenarios in my head of they're not going to be provided for, they're not going to be taken care of, you know. Man, they're going to have a hard life. You know, all these things are playing out in my head. And don't we do that? Don't we come up with this long-term scenario in our heads for everything that we begin to worry about and think about? And man, I am so stressed and so worried for weeks and weeks at a time about this very thing. And I am worried and stressed and I can't focus on the things that I need to focus on because I'm so worried about this very thing. And I got to this place where I was listening to some worship music one day and, and um, as I'm talking to the Lord, he begins to speak to me about this thing. And what he began to unfold for me and what he began to help me to realize is that for the amount of time that I had been a father, that I felt like I was in control of my kids' lives, that I felt like I was the savior, that I was there to protect them at all costs. As a father, are you a protector? Yes. Can you protect your kids when you're not even in the room or in, the ta- in town? No, you can, right? So there needs to be a level of surrender over to the Lord. But I thought, man, I'm going to control every part of their lives so that they can be protected. I'm going to provide for them at all costs. And I thought, man, I'm their provider. As a, as a man, are you a provider to your kids? Yes, you are. But at the end of the day, you need to surrender them over to the Lord. It can't just be all you. So, so man, there, there was that, right? That I felt like I was savior, provider, protector, all these things for my kids. God wasn't that. I was that. And what came down to at the end of the day is I had to say, Lord, if I'm here or not, you're the God of my kids, and you love them more than I do, and you're going to take care of them, that you're going to meet their needs, that you're going to be their protector, that you are going to be the God who raises them, that you are going to be all of these things, that if I'm here or not. God, I want you to be that if I'm here, and I want you to be that if I'm not, that you are their number one. And when that prayer and that conversation happened, what began to happen in my heart? is that peace began to flood. That that worry that I was feeling was replaced with peace because I was no longer holding on to this problem. I was no longer trying to handle it myself. I was saying, God, you're way bigger 
than any of these problems. And if anybody could handle them, it's you. It's you. And friends, the biggest problem with worry is that we are trying to be self-sufficient. We are trying to control things that we don't have the power to control. And when we don't have the power to control something, it brings so much worry into our lives. So when we trust in the one who has it all in his hands anyways, it produces peace. So the question is, what are you going to choose today? Are you going to choose worry and controlling things on your own and being self-sufficient and trying to figure it all out in your mind? Or are you going to say, Lord, I choose peace today. I choose giving this over to you, this problem that I'm dealing with that is way bigger than me. I choose that I'm going to give it over to you because if anybody can handle it, it's you. I give you control of my life. I give you control of my problems. I give you control that you are my provider, that I'm not my provider, that even if my job situation uh, goes under, or that even if I get fired, that even if any of these things happen, that you can still open the door to provide for me because you are my provider. And it's this trust that we must develop in the Lord. It says, Lord, I trust you. And the more our trust grows, the more worry gets thrown out the window. The more our trust in the Lord begins to take place, that's what happens in us, that we can operate in peace. But as he continues here, he says in Matthew 6, and 34, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of own. So he gives us the criteria here. It's not just don't worry, but it's don't worry by putting your trust and your focus on me. Seek me first. Seek my kingdom first. And when you do those things, I take care of you. I meet needs. I take care of those needs. I love you and I want to meet those needs for you. When you put me first. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage that we see. But as we continue on here, if there's one point that I would say, hey, Jesse, or, or hey, friends, what is it that I need to do to eliminate worry from my life? I think number one would be putting our hope and our trust in Jesus and not ourselves. Putting our hope and our trust in him and not ourselves is number one. But number two comes in this next passage that we're about to look at, and that's Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. So let's go there real quick. It says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesse, how does this have anything to do with dealing with worry? Well, this has to do with dealing with worry because what God is doing and teaching us this is he's saying, get your eyes off of just this world and think about heaven and think about eternity and have an eternal mindset, an eternal perspective. So, so let me tell you how that helps. Let's say you lose your job. If your world and your job is everything to you and there's no future anywhere else, then that's going to be a big problem. There's going to be a lot of worry. But if you have an eternal mindset and you say, man, 
even when this world falls apart and everything in it, God is still on the throne. He's going to remain on the throne, and I'm going to live with him for eternity. It changes your perspective. It changes the way that you look at things when you have heaven on your mind. And so the first thing is that you put your trust in Jesus and not yourself. And the second thing is that you have an eternal mindset, that you're thinking of things from an eternal point of view and not just the here and now. So let me give you another example of what that might look like. Years ago, about 12 years ago now, um, Helena's, my, my wife's stepfather was in the hospital and he was very, very sick. And I remember us praying and her praying and just asking the Lord to heal Mike. And as, as this unfolded, there was a lot of prayers and a lot of believing for Mike. Well, eventually, let's fast forward a couple of weeks, and, and Mike ended up passing away. And that was a really hard thing for Helena because she, she trusted the Lord. Lord, would you fix this? Lord, would you heal Mike? Would you, would you, would you heal him? Would you protect this? Would you fix this? Lord, he's, he's my stepfather, but he's like a father to me. Would you help him? And she said, after he passed away, I'm, I'm fighting with the Lord. I'm mad at him. And we're having conversation. Lord, why didn't you heal him? And the, the Lord spoke up to her one day and said, Helena, I did heal him. He's with me. And he's not hurting anymore. And he's perfectly whole and perfectly healed. And let me tell you, he's not missing this world one bit. He's having an incredible time with me. And it changed her mindset on everything. And she said, Lord, thank you for healing him. And thank you for giving me a new perspective. That it's not just this world that I'm thinking of anymore. And whatever happens here, if something fails here, then it's all gone for. But no, there's a, there's a heaven to look forward to. And no matter what happens here, if there's something that happens economically, if there's something that happens, a pandemic, if there's something that happens in this world, it's not it. God's still on the throne. There's still an eternity for us of perfection, an eternity of hope ahead of us that we can look forward to. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live our lives constantly worrying about what's next because we know God's on the throne and he cares about you and I so, so much and he wants to meet our needs and he wants to help us and he wants to give us good things. So at the end here, in verse 24, it says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And this equation that I'm just talking about, right, that we can't love both God and money, that we can choose who we're going to serve, it comes down to this. Friends, if we make this world who we're going to serve, if we make money who we're going to serve, let me tell you, you're going to live a very stressed out and worried life. Because you know what this world does? Constantly. So there's constantly going to be up and downs and stress and worries. And your whole world's going to feel like it's falling apart constantly if your hope is here, if you're living to serve this world. But when you say, Lord, I'm putting that aside, I'm living to serve you, it's steady. God is steady 
He gives us peace. And it doesn't mean that everything around us is going to be perfect. In fact, the Bible tells us in this world there will be trouble. But it also says, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And we know that when we partner with Jesus, that we too can overcome this world with him with us. So whatever problems we're dealing with, whatever situations and circumstances that we're dealing with, it's not that God always makes them go away instantly. Sometimes we're still dealing with those. But what he can do in the midst of those problems when you put our hope and our trust in him is he can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. That he can transform your heart so that suddenly, even though there's a storm around you, that there's calmness in you. There's peace in you when you put him first. So I think today our goal is this. Our goal is to put Jesus first in our lives. To say, Lord, I give you control. I'm no longer the provider of my own life. I'm no longer the uh, fixer of my life. I'm no longer the whatever, fill in the blank. That's you, God. I give you control, and I'm not going to stress about it anymore. I'm giving it over to you. I cast my cares upon you. But then secondly, Lord, I'm recognizing today that this world isn't everything that there's a future in heaven with you where you sit on the throne and you reign forever. And I'm thankful today that I get to spend eternity with you. So I choose you as my master and I choose to serve you. And if we can walk forward in that, I'm telling you, you'll be able to walk out of here with so much peace to replace that worry with. It'll change your life. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.